Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name's Dan Carson. I'm the director of Student Ministry Matters. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about implementing soap journaling groups in our ministries. Now, you may think, what is soap journaling? Well, we're going to get to that. I've got on the podcast with me Stuart Estes. Stuart is the ministry team leader for the University of Arkansas Association of Baptist Students. I know that's a mouthful, uh, but he works with college students there on the campus. And in addition to Stuart, we have Ruby Trollinger. Ruby is a part of that ministry, and we're excited that she is going to be on here with us today. But before we get to our conversation, I want to thank our podcast partners, Central Baptist College of Conway. Central Baptist College is challenging, engaging, inspiring. It's some of those things that your students might be looking for as they try to figure out what's the next step in their educational journey. Now, not everybody needs to go to a Christian college, but for those that are looking for that, Central Baptist College is a great place to check out. Again, you can find out information at cbc.edu. And so I'd encourage you to point your students in that direction as they try to figure out that next step. Well, as I mentioned on today's podcast, we're we're talking about small group ministry and focusing in on a very pointed area, soap journaling. And so we're going to get to that. But Stuart, I'm glad you're on the podcast with us again today. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. Glad to be here. Well, why don't you take a moment? I know that you've been on the podcast. You've you've had a chance to to share about your salvation story, about how God has called you to the ministry before, but kind of what's going on in your life and ministry right now? Yeah, so um, I think what's going on that that's heavy on my mind is you know just having a young family. So my wife Hannah and I are. Uh, we've been married for uh, going on eight years, and we've got two young kids. Uh, Henry's five, and Julie is three. So you know we spend a lot of time, uh, you know, just trying to figure out and have uh, make wise parenting decisions. So that's big on our hearts right now. Uh, my wife Hannah, she also works on the University of Arkansas campus, and so we spend a lot of time on the campus. Uh, her at work, and me here at the ministry doing what the Lord has called us here uh, to do. And so that takes up a big part of our time. But between those two things, uh, that's that's a lot of our schedule. And so we enjoy serving the Lord in those ways and enjoy seeing what he's doing in both those arenas. Well, I know this past fall, your son was involved in T-ball. Is that on the horizon again? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Henry really enjoyed playing T-ball. I think he's going to want to play it again. Um, We're trying to figure out if we're going to do spring or fall again. So we're just working through some of that. But yeah, I think he's ready to get back out there and swing swing at that tee some more. Well, for those of you unaware, Northwest Arkansas is a pretty baseball-centric place. I know that when I was coaching my son's T-ball team, it was one of the only times I've been yelled at by a parent 
<laughs> because I didn't send a runner home from third. Okay. This is T-ball five-year-olds and they're yelling at me. So, you know, they they take their baseball pretty serious. In fact, today, <laughs> as we record, this is the opening day for college ball. University of Arkansas Razorback baseball team will play their opening game this afternoon at three. And so I'm excited. I get to actually go to a game, um, but baseball is on the horizon. Ruby, you are um, a student there at the University of Arkansas. I know that you've been involved in some intramural sports. Is that correct? Yes, I did intramural soccer um, spring uh, fall semester of 2021. So well, and, it's not um, all all about those scholarship sports. I mean, intramurals can be a lot of fun. I did some of that in college myself. I think I got injured more than once or twice. You know, it's a, it can be a lot of fun. But we're going to get to this conversation about soap journaling because, you know, we want to find ways that we can really make a difference in students' lives. And soap journaling is one of those things. And whether you're working with high school students, junior high, or college students, I think this is a great conversation for us to have. Uh, Stuart, before we go any further into this, uh, can you kind of describe what soap journaling is on a, on a personal basis, what, what you're doing with soap journaling? Yeah. So uh, SOAP is an acronym that stands for Scripture, Observations, Application, and Prayer. And essentially what it is, it's just a tool to get you to read God's Word and respond back to what you're hearing from Him through His Word and do that in prayer. So I use SOAP journaling as one of my daily disciplines. Um, It keeps me focused. Uh, it helps me have, you know, uh, some structure that as I read, I'm looking for observations. And that's just like who, what, when, where, why, and how is going on in this passage. And then from those observations, I pull applications. And that's really where the Holy Spirit is working, I think. Um, and and I look for, you know, any conviction that I feel in the passage and I also look for commands I could, you know, start to follow or do better at following. And I also look for promises that I could claim. And that's, like I said, I think that's where the spirit is working the most. Um, and then I write out my prayer. So based on those applications, I pin a prayer back to the Lord about what he's saying to me from that passage. And more than uh, ever before, I feel like I'm responding to uh, scripture as the Lord speaking to me. Well, I, we've talked a little bit about soap journaling with with our friend Wade Allen on the podcast before. Uh, but for you, what are those tools that you might need? Let's say I, I want to start soap journaling. I, this sounds interesting. So what sort of things do you need to make sure that you have to, to step into it? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, you need a Bible and you need a journal, and you need a writing utensil. Um, And as long as you have those things, you're good to go. Uh, Obviously, you can, you know, go on your own style on those things. Some people like to buy, you know, higher scale, upscale journals um, and keep their thoughts in those. Other people just buy, you know, cheap college ruled uh, paper and write on that. Uh, But the real key is the writing. Um, There's something special about pinning words on paper um, because they serve as sort of a memorial to that interaction you had with the Lord. So I would recommend that 
you do it with pen and paper. I think there are probably people who do it with computer uh, applications, but I would I would recommend Bible, paper, pen. You're good to go. That sounds pretty simple. It is pretty simple. <laughs> Ruby, um, you know, we're, we're talking about soap journaling kind of on a personal level. I know that this is something you've gotten involved in. So what have been some of the values that you've seen from, from that interaction with God in that way? Um, I'm better to recognize when the Lord is speaking to me um, through his word, and I'm better able to understand it and also remember what he has told me through uh, journaling. Because before um, I started journaling, it was more, you read your Bible and that was it for the day. Um, but as soon as we started journaling and trying to rest and dwell with God in that way and respond to the convictions and commands and promises, then, you know, it became clearer and it became easier to see what he had in store. Well, Ruby, I know that um, you found a lot of value in, in soap journaling. Uh, just so our listeners can understand where you're at, maybe describe yourself. Where are you at in your education? Where do you come from? Where you're at now? That sort of thing. Okay. So um, I'm from Prairie Grove, Arkansas, and I'm in my fourth year of schooling at the University of Arkansas. I'm going into speech therapy, and I currently live in Fayetteville now, and I go to church in Decatur, Arkansas, and then I come to the ministry every Tuesday. So I, I love that. You mentioned, you mentioned some towns that if you live in Arkansas, you probably are familiar with, with some of those, but they're still very small. Tell us the name of your church, though. Uh, my church is uh, Decatur Sale Barn Church. So, okay, describe that. So, whenever <laughs> Sale Barn uh, was first brought together as a church, it was more of a Bible study group on Sunday mornings, and they didn't have a building. So, uh, Terry Horton knew a gentleman, and Terry Horton's our pastor. He knew a gentleman who owned a Sale Barn indicator, and then it slowly grew over time and we finally have a building. We actually just added on a new addition for our youth. And so, but yep, it started in a sale barn and that's where we got our name. Okay. So I know that there are listeners. We have listeners that are, we've hit 45 different states here in the U.S. We've had 25 different countries. And so the biggest question is, what is a sale barn? Oh, a sale barn is where you sell livestock, so such as cattle and goats and pigs. It's a lot of fun. Uh, pretty much anything you can think of, honestly. Well, I wanted to, our listeners to understand that fully. I, I remember uh, we'd go to the same church camp, and we would end up there, and they would announce Decatur's sale barn. And in my brain, I just couldn't figure out exactly what they were talking about until one day I found out, oh, it's a cell barn that they started a church in. And that's, that's where the name came from. And so, well, that, that gives you a little bit of idea of about Ruby. She's, she's your typical student. Um, she's a leader at the, the ministry there. She loves the Lord. Is this the first time that you've done anything like uh, journaling with the soap uh, method that you you've hit? So I did it in my early years of high school um, within my youth group at Prairie Oaks Baptist Church, but it wasn't anything as disciplined as it is now. 
I don't think I was quite mature enough to grasp what it really meant and understood how it was supposed to help me at that time. Um, And so I kind of fell away from journaling. And so it was more of just reading my Bible every now and again. Um, I actually didn't read it every day um, before I started journaling. And so now it's a lot different. I'm more disciplined to try to read my Bible every day and journal and really just dwell in the word and dig deep into it instead of just reading it at face value. You know, one of the things that I found is we try to apply this standard across all ages from 7th to 12th grade or maybe even 7th through college and say, hey, we're going to do this thing. Uh, But the simple truth is that there are things that we're not quite ready for along the path. And so I think that the SOAP method can be useful for those that are in a younger age bracket, but I think that you're going to get the most out of it is later high school years, into college, and that sort of thing. And so I love this conversation. I love talking about journaling because it's it's getting into the word and then you're able to see what God's promises are, what his his uh, desires, his direction, all of those type of things. Well, Stuart, as as we look at this and how it's involved in the ministry, um, tell us what you're doing there at the Association of Baptist Students with Soap Journaling. We started last semester with some soap journaling groups. And so the way we approached it was we're going to journal with each other. And then in these groups, we're just going to share from our journals. Um, and we implemented this sort of in the place of, you know, like young men's Bible groups or young women's Bible groups. And so there were some things we tried to do as we implemented this. We First, we said, let's all get on a consistent reading schedule. So last semester, we went through the book of Mark. Um, and we just took a chapter a week and then we got on a, we, we committed to each other how many times we were going to journal. So our goal last semester was to journal on a chapter three times a week. And so you could journal over the whole chapter three times, or you could journal on, you know, a third of the chapter once and do it two more times, whatever works for you. We were just trying to get each other to build a muscle to do three journals a week. And then the other thing uh, we did was there was no, I mean, Ruby, you can share what you think about this, but there was no, uh, I was not trying to be the leader of these groups. I went in trying to think about it as, okay, I probably need to facilitate these conversations, but really the magic of the group setting is that everybody is sharing from their journal. Uh, Ruby, you have any thoughts about how that went in our group we had last semester? It went well. It really was more of facilitating instead of leading or teaching. Mm -hmm. Everyone got to share. And I think, you know, we say facilitating as in, you know, let's not get too off track because we are human. You know, sometimes (laughs) we chase a dozen or so rabbits. And so, but it was more about facilitating and going off of what one another said and someone gathered this from a certain passage, but someone else got a different command or conviction out of the same passage and just seeing what everyone was going through, what everyone was struggling with, or what everyone also gathered from that same scripture. um, It was more about facilitating. And we would usually, so in terms of time, we would, with the young women's group, 
we would schedule about an hour and a half. Um, so we would meet in the Arkansas Union last semester. We'd start a little bit early. That way everybody could get their breakfast. Uh, we were meeting at like nine, so people would get some food. We'd just sit around for the first 15 or 20 minutes and just, you know, shoot the breeze and talk with one another. And then we would sort of segue into sharing about our journals. But we found that we really couldn't do it in much less than an hour and a half. We tried to do an hour, but it was sort of tough. Uh, one thing I would say is that there's a difference between a women's group and a men's group. Not even so much the things that are, you know, we're talking about, but I, I just noticed from my own experience that the young women were probably considered early adopters. I mean, they would jump right in and, you know, Ruby and another young lady, Anna, who was doing it in that group. I mean, they were quick to share right off the bat, but with the young men, they were a bit more reserved. They didn't want to, uh, journal you know a lot at the beginning but they were building their muscle across the semester but those are just some things to consider as you try and implement in your own context now i know with with high school groups dividing by gender is is probably the most appropriate um do you find that the, the same for college students i think it might be appropriate for a different reason you know i think with a high school context you may be talking about things to young men that you wouldn't want to talk to about to young women. I don't know that we necessarily had many of those conversations in our groups. I think what may, why it's probably more appropriate is back to what I was saying that young women may be more comfortable with jumping into the idea of journaling than young men. And so I think it's more appropriate to break them up because what would happen is, you know, if we had young women and young men together, I'm afraid that sometimes the young men would get lost in, you know, what was going on with the young women and they may not feel as comfortable to share, you know, as openly or whatever. So those would be my thoughts. Ruby, I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts about keeping them separated like that. Or yeah, I agree that I don't think it's the same reason as you would do with high school students. I think it is more the fact that we're just very open to sharing, um, we go right in and I know just from myself and the girls that I'm in soap groups with that we talk a lot and I think that we may overrule a lot of the young men here um, just because we would keep talking and go back off of one another and I'm not sure that there would have been much room like, I don't think we would have been courteous enough to allow the men to talk all that much. And I know how awful that sounds, but I think, I think we were a lot more open to journaling. Whereas I think, you know, it is more of a new concept for young men to do that. And I don't, I don't even know that it would, I think y'all are more than courteous enough to let them in. I think they would struggle to insert themselves in the conversation. And I'm not, uh, and I've been in other journaling groups, other discipleship pathways that have a journaling component. I think if you're thinking about implementing this in your context, you're always going to struggle with men, in my experience, are not as open to the concept of journaling. But once they sort of taste and see, they'll get behind it. Uh, so I would just think about that. You know, if you're going to try and insert this in your ministry, think about how you would encourage the young men to be more vocal um, and to give them opportunities to speak. 
And also be okay with silence and waiting for them to answer because that's important too. So when we look at groups like this, would you say that these are groups for the committed believer or is there an entry point for the unbeliever in this type of situation? I'm just going to use Ruby as the example. I think it's for a believer who, you know, has understands the importance of being in the word, um, but is sort of at that next step where they need some accountability to be more committed to not just reading God's word, but letting God's word transform them. So when I think about how we structured this, we have a Tuesday night gathering here at the ministry, and that's open to everyone. Everyone comes to that, and it feels open to everyone. I wanted to make these soap journaling groups open to everyone, but I think what we tried to do was just let people elect to be involved. So we advertised it to everybody, but only those who wanted to do it were the ones who came, and that's okay. Um, We didn't try and get every single young woman or young man to be involved in a soap journaling group, but there was this process of yeah, I think I want to do that. I want to be committed to that. And then they would sort of elect to be a part of it. What did you, is that how you felt about it, Ruby? Or Yes, I think that it's for those who have a want to be held more accountable than what they were previously. I'm not sure it is for someone who isn't really sure because it does take dedication and discipline and being open to that accountability. And I don't think there's anything wrong with from at this ministry, there's nothing wrong with somebody not wanting to be involved in a soap journaling group. In fact, it's better for them and it's better for everyone else in the group because you need to know that if you're going to be involved in one of these groups, you're going to have this level of accountability. And if you aren't ready for that, then that's going to be frustrating to the person who's not ready for it. It's also going to be frustrating to the group. So I would just say this is something you don't want to force on people. You want them to make the decision to be a part of it. Let me ask a question that I may even cut out of this podcast, okay? Uh, okay. Because it's a, a little bit different. Um, as you look at this, let's say you have somebody who comes to your group on a Tuesday night for your large group gathering who's wanting to go deeper and understand God's word more. So they hear about the, the those groups and say, hey, I want to get involved in that. Uh, but let's just say that they are what we might consider gender confused or unsure of where they fit in this world and what they're doing. Do you have any idea how you might approach that? That's a good question. I mean, just thinking about that as we were talking about gender-based groups, what that might look like, especially on a college campus where you've got, you know, a very liberal mindset here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So we have no experience with this. That has not happened to you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just hypothesizing on all this stuff. But <laughs> I mean, and Ruby, you can disagree with me. And and viewers can disagree with me too, I guess. But listeners, I should say. Um I guess I would let them self-select. I mean, the whole purpose of these groups is to get is to get people close to the word of God so that it transforms them. And I've seen that happen in students. I guess if they wanted to be involved, I would let them self-select and trust that in doing so, the Lord would get them what they needed from his word. 
Um, and I, I don't know, I, that would be, that'd be tough, you know? Um, it's, it's not an easy question. No, it's definitely. But as, as we go forward in student ministry, whether it's in high school or college, I think these are issues that we'll have to deal with more and more. Oh, and yeah. so I don't have a good answer myself. Ruby, you got any thoughts on that? Um, I think I'm on the same track as Stuart. I think I would let them choose because since we aren't separating the genders based on anything other than what they're comfortable with, I think that if someone was confused or um, questioning, then I would let them just choose whichever group they wanted to because that the reality is they are wanting to learn more. And they are right. wanting to get into the word. So, and it develop over time. I mean, you would have to see how they responded. You would have to talk to them and get to know them. And so I think that's probably the best answer I could give. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple of things I'd add to that. Number one, and Ruby can attest to this because we say it all the time, that sometimes in soap journaling group, I behave more like a woman than I do a man <laughs> because I am more open to share than most of the young men who are at this ministry. And furthermore, I've been in other soap journaling groups and I'm probably more open to share than a lot of other men. So back to what Ruby's saying, if the reason we have delineated these groups is that we, it's just about the comfort of the individual in sharing, then I'm with her. You know, if you have someone like me who, I mean, you're not a woman, I'm not a woman, obviously, but I have a, but you've seen me in both interactions. I think I, I dominate the young men's group because I just like to share, but that's right, not right. the, that's not the way with the young women's group because they like to share and I like to share and we're all sharing. So back to what Ruby says, if, if the reason we're doing it is just about comfort, then, you know, I guess if somebody feels more comfortable being in the women's group, then I, I would let them do that. And trust that if they are an individual who's questioning, that the Lord would work through that. Well, again, it's a tough question. I know that even how I stated it is not politically correct by being gender confused. But, you know, I do know that Generation Z is very accepting of those around them. Um, And so I know that God's word is transformative and it has the power to change and to so we just have to trust that. But I just thought it'd be good for us to talk about. And I'm like I said, this piece may or may not make it yeah, <laughs> to the podcast. Um, but I, I think it's something that, that we have to think about more and more um, as, as we go forward. We've talked about soap journaling. We've looked at kind of what it looks like in your group. Um, I know that the idea is to hand it off to the next I don't want to say the next generation because that's that's not exactly the idea, uh, but to hand it off and to help those that are a part of a group become a leader in the next one. I know with uh, Replicate Ministries, with Robbie Gallaty and for the, the late Chris Swain, they're here journals. It's a very similar approach, but their idea is that after 18 months, two years, that one of those people are going to move on and to be discipling others, that they're going to be leading a so journal group or a here journal group for them. Um, so what does that look like in your ministry? You're moving leaders. You've been doing this for a little while now. Um, do you have that kind of next phase or next generation in place? Yeah. So we do. I think it happened 
much more organically than what Robbie and Chris would have done because this semester we have two young women's groups, uh, one that's meeting on Saturday mornings and one that's meeting on Monday afternoons. And really the organic thing that made that happen is we just couldn't get everybody in a room together. It just so happened. And I say just so happened because I know it's the Lord. Ruby was one of the ones who couldn't, you know, do Saturday very well. And so she stepped up and said, Hey, I'll, I will meet with those girls uh, who want to go on Monday afternoons, right? And Ruby had been through a semester with me. And I would just say that, you know, her and another young lady in our, our group, by the end of that semester, I could tell that, you know, I was doing very little facilitating in that group by the end of that semester. We were all just opening up and sharing. And so that for me was a sign that, well, yeah, Ruby knows how to do this. She knows that's where the groups need to head. And so I, um, I've tried to stay out of that group because I trust Ruby can do it and I've seen her do it. And we were just having a conversation this morning about, weren't we about, Mm -hmm. I asked her if she felt abandoned, uh, because I'm not coming to that group, but she said, no, I don't feel abandoned. I miss our conversations, but I know that this is what I need to do to, you know, go to the next step. Ruby, anything you'd add to any of that? No. Um, like he said, it's just, I miss the conversation because it's different because one of these young girls had never been in a soap group before. So it's just, it's a learning curve, but it's wonderful to see how God works in that and how it came together so easily and so I don't feel abandoned. It yeah. feels very natural. <laughs> so I would say that the other thing, if you're, and I think that's how they should work. If you have enough people and furthermore, I, I think 10 people in a group is almost too many because you can't get everybody to share. And that's where we were headed. I think seven or eight is probably bordering on too many. So you should see these groups split up. Uh, The other thing I would say is that Ruby and I stay in close contact. So while I may not be going to that Monday afternoon session, Ruby comes to me and we talk about, you know, how that's going. Are are there struggles she's facing? Uh, We were just talking, you know, after the first week, she was telling me about some things. And I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I feel that I felt that last semester. And let's talk about what it means and how you try to handle that, you know. So I think the goal should be multiplication of the groups and the other thing should be don't abandon the ones who are ready to facilitate the groups. Stay in contact with them, but stay out of their way so that they can get the experience. Well, as we continue our conversation about soap journaling, you know, one of the the things that you've mentioned is this word accountability. And I know that that can be a little scary to student ministry workers trying to get people to commit to anything. And I know you're dealing with college students who, for those of us on the outside, no offense, Ruby, but you guys sometimes seem all over the place. And <laughs> very true. Hey, it is true, though. I've got two, well, one graduated from college, but I still have a daughter who's in college. And sometimes she is kind of all over the place, except, you know, making sure she goes to classes, making sure that she's doing those things that she's got to do. Uh, but how do you deal with that that issue of accountability? Because if you don't have a good commitment to a soap journaling group, then it's just 
the group is going to meander and you know how do you make sure students are are doing enough journal entries for it to to count and those type of things what does that look like Stuart? so i'm just going to tell you about an incident that happened last semester so it was maybe two-thirds of the way through the semester we were over in like you know mark 10 or 11 or something like that and ruby um and another young lady in the group I think we had all just had a tough week and Ruby had only got like one journal entry in. And after the journaling group was over, she said to me, like, are you like, aren't you going to hold us accountable? Aren't you going to like try and make us feel bad about that or something? And I was like, I don't have to make you feel bad about that. Ruby, you already feel bad about it. Now, why did she feel bad about it? Well, it's because number one, she had elected to be a part of this. She had commitment from the beginning And then the other thing was we had encouraged an atmosphere where we were all peers. There was no one with the right answer. We were sharing from our journals. And the important part was that we were each individually sharing. And so there was not really a reason for me to crack the whip on Ruby because Ruby already knew. In fact, it would have been damaging for me to get onto her. I think I would say accountability is all about how you set these things up. If you set them up trying to get people, trying to enroll people on your own understanding of where they are in their faith, then you're going to force someone into it and they're not going to want to do it. And guess what? You're always going to have to drive them, right? But if you let people choose to be a part of it, then guess what? They've got skin in the game and there's very little accountability driving that you would have to do at that point because they are accountable on their own. Ruby, how do you feel about it? Um, I think it is about electing to be in it yourself and letting others elect to be in it as well. I agree wholeheartedly with what you say. And I mean, I did feel convicted because I knew that I had placed other things ahead of being in the word And so it was, despite it being a rough week, there were ways to avoid it. And so there's enough conviction on my own part. And, and, but I felt like I let everyone else down as well. And so there is that accountability. And now being in a separate group away from Stuart, there's even more accountability within myself to journal since I am helping facilitate another group. Mm -hmm. And there's that own accountability there as well. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, with college students, where you find yourself, there is that that need for it to be, I'm choosing to do this. And in, in our student ministries, there will be often, well, we're going to put you in a group. We're going to make you do this. But yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Stuart, when you're talking about this idea that if they don't want to do it, then you might force them a time or two. But it's just going to be painful the entire time. So soap journaling, it, from everything that I'm hearing you guys share and from personal experience with it, is really for those that are maybe a step deeper, that are looking for some growth and some ways to become more like Christ in that process. And I'm so excited that that's, that's a part of what's happening there at the, at the University of Arkansas. Uh, but the cool thing is, as I've spoken with with other leaders at AB, their ABS works, that that's where they're headed as well. Jimmy Brock down at SAU uh, is looking into that over the next year, talking about discipleship with his group. And um, it's just an exciting time. 
Well, let me just kind of lighten the mood a little bit. I know that you guys are at the University of Arkansas. There's a lot of fun there. Uh, what are some of those fun things that you enjoy doing in Fayetteville or around the campus? We all enjoy walking up hills. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all there is. So, no, really, um, I do enjoy just a good walk around campus. I mean, there are so many neat old buildings, and I we do that from time to time. We'll all just like whoever's at the ministry house will just say, "Let's go for a walk," and we'll go for a walk. And it's just nice to be out. It's a beautiful campus. The spring's about to hit, you know, so we're going to see lots of leaves and stuff like that. It's just I just like being out on campus. I like to play capture the flag on campus, or. Um... We play sardines on campus a lot, soccer on campus. We like playing outside on campus pretty much. <laughs> um, it's just a lot of fun to be around here. And we also like to go hiking. And there's little places that we can just go and hang out on campus. Yeah. I love campus. That's pretty much it. Well, Northwest Arkansas is... Uh, you know, I, I'm a little biased because I, I was born in this area and I live here is one of the most beautiful parts of the state, uh, let alone of the country. And the University of Arkansas campus is just a, a great place to hang out, to be a part of. And so I'm so happy, again, that, that Stuart and, and Ruby have had the chance to share with us a little bit about Soap journaling and how it's impacted their ministry and what's going on at the University of Arkansas. And so let me ask you, Stuart, if somebody is interested in learning more about the Association of Baptist Students there at the University of Arkansas, what are some of the best ways for them to do that? Yeah, so uh, you can check out our Instagram page. Um, that's at thehedge.uark. Um, that's our handle there. You can see what we're studying there. That's mostly what we post. Sometimes we post fun pictures of us doing stuff, you know, so that'd be a good place to check out. Facebook also, that's the Association of Baptist Students. Uh, you can also check out our website. That's um, the www.thehedgeuark.com. Um, that's just a little more formal and you can check out, you know, some of our beliefs and the things we strive for there. Ways to contact. Uh, ways to contact are also there. Also ways to support us are on that website. Um, so those, I'd check those things out if you if you wanted to. Also, I'm happy to come share with your church about the ministry. Um, if you, uh, I, I would love to meet uh, student ministry workers because I need connections uh, for students who are coming here because we don't want anybody uh, who is strong in their faith in high school to, you know, go through the gap years of, not having a community. So if you're coming to the university or have students who are coming up here, we would love to connect with you. I would love to connect with you um, in any way that you'd like. One of the other things that you can do is if you're attending a University of Arkansas football game or a basketball game, most of those games, they offer parking at the ABS center. And, um, you know, they charge a little bit, but it goes and it goes right back to help students in times of need. And so I'd encourage you to do that. It's real close to Bud Walton, not that far from uh, the football stadium. Not great for baseball parking, I don't think, no, because it's no, a, be a little too far. Yeah, But we're great for basketball games. I mean, you can see 
Ed Walton from our front yard. So Yeah, yeah, it's a great place. I've, I often park there for those two sports myself. Well, uh, again, I've, I'm thrilled that they've been able to be with us today. Thank you so much, Stuart and Ruby, for sharing with us uh, about soap journaling. Um, you know, discipleship is an important piece as we work with students. And trying to figure out the best way and the best approach is one of the things that we always need to work towards. Uh, it's important. And we do all of these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.